0: Guys, mental health is something that Dan and I are extremely
1: passionate about, which is why it excites us to say that we are partnering with BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode and our podcast. BetterHelp is the world's leading therapy service and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. With BetterHelp, you get the same professional and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash BacksideGroundBalls. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot BacksideGroundBalls. Powered by Riverside. Welcome back to episode eighty two of the Backside Ground Balls Podcast. We're super excited to be back here on the pod. My name is Trevor Powers, and as always, not necessarily as always, but we'll give them an as always today. I am joined by my co-host, Dan Galati, as well as our producer, Phoebe, who is actually always here. Um, Dan, as I'm just torching your availability, how are we doing on this Thursday evening?
0: I was in a better mood until that. I just like that you're so fake. It's incredible. You are... You live in North Carolina now, and you give off this perception of, you know, go with the flow. Easy. You are as fake as every other person <laughs> from Delaware that I know. Like, it's just it's just a whole bunch of mid-Atlantic, New York-adjacent, too-close-to-Jersey fakeness coming from you. We have a guest on the other day, and you're loving up on me. You let me intro the guest. I'm, uh, tonight, right back it's just the three of us. <laughs> it's a normal crew. And I'm out here catching ricochet shots while I'm trying to fire off a text message before the show starts. It's incredible. By the way, I yeah, got a comment the on uh, uh, the the clip from the last episode. I got a text uh-huh. today about how funny it was that uh, Matt was spitting like just real good life advice. And you're just like leaned back with your arm hanging over your head. <laughs> 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 just Who said disengaged. that? Who said that? I was listening. Dave, Dave, Dave. I, was listening. I our friend, was listening. Our friends at the Two and a Half Athletes pod thought it was uh, thought it was pretty funny that you were just kind of well, – I know you were listening because you're a pretty good active listener. It wasn't active listening is what I'm trying to say. You were yeah. listening, but it wasn't active listening.
1: Little does Dave know that that's how I coached college baseball was in that position basically. It was like on the bench. I was just like
0: – That's different. Wait, we're, we're still hitting? In-game, you don't need to do anything. That's not true. I did a lot of charts. Oh, on charting. Okay, it's yeah, not like you're running so. around on the field giving direction. Maybe you were no. one of those Q salad guys.
1: Squash yeah, the yeah, bug.
0: I was, a, I was a big. I was a big uh,
1: conductor. Like I was like one of those airport people. I always wanted to be involved somewhere, yeah, yeah, pointing someone yeah, in the right put direction. Put your fingerprints but, on it.
0: Squash yeah, the bug. You know, squash the bug. Yeah,
1: always, always. So pretty exciting weekend to say the least. Uh, we got the NCAA division one regionals coming up and Dan and I are actually going to be out in Winston Salem, um, which we're really excited about and we're going to be able to watch a ton of baseball tomorrow. I'm going to have it up on the TV. We got a lot of good baseball during the day, a lot of good baseball at night. This is the best time of the year. We play this long season, all built up for this road to Omaha where all these teams play, you know, 50, 55 games. And then you, you, basically break it down to these weekend series that and the winner comes out and obviously have a good shot to omaha so dan obviously we'll get into each individual series um each individual re- regional but what are some things that you're most excited to to watch this weekend
0: um outside of having to spend a whole saturday with you uh there's a lot to look forward to i mean you this is the, you said it, this is the best time of year, man. This is what, I mean, we've been talking about preparing for conference play and preparing for the tournaments and preparing for, you know, regionals since like the second week of the season. That's what you build everything towards, right? When, when you're part of college baseball and guys get on campus in the fall and you start talking about the process, this is what you have in sight. And it's just the most fun because, you know, obviously if you're a competitor, you want to play in these high stakes situations. And when you can really sit back and, appreciate them for what they are which is just super high level baseball um where you know great moments happen all the time guys rise to the occasion um you know school's over so nobody's worried about class no you don't worry about anything when you get into the tournament you get tunnel vision and this is all that matters and you know the best teams and the teams that go on runs here you know when you get to this time of year are the the ones who can have that tunnel vision can enjoy the moment right like This is, you know, the cliche that every single coach in America uses, and they're all using it right now in all their meetings, you know, teams are in hotels right now, sipping on coffee and, uh, sitting through meetings right now. And every coach is talking about being where your feet are and and enjoying the moment, you know, and I'm sure they got to practice. Everybody was practicing today at whatever site they're at. And I can see the coaches now they're all standing there like soak it in tonight, soak in the atmosphere because starting up tomorrow, it's go time, Right. And it is like you feel that because even, you know, I used to love that was my favorite day of these tournaments. A lot of times was the practice day the day before, you know, you see all yeah. the teams there. You get out and you're you're on the, the you're at site and you do. You soak in that moment. The banners are hanging up, you know, and, and you've accomplished something. Every single one mm-hmm. of these teams has accomplished something at this point and And now it's just play with house money and go have fun.
1: You got the lanyard around your neck that yeah. says "participant." Says yeah, participant. Um, yeah, yeah, participant. Coach, wherever it is. Um, I know you got yours hanging on the wall behind you. Um, <laughs> I, don't,
0: I don't know where mine are. For a second, I thought you were right. I was like, "Do I? <laughs> did,
1: did I? Did I?" I, uh,
0: <laughs> I don't. I don't know where mine are. I have. Uh, Humble brag. I have, uh, I think, four of those suckers.
1: Yeah, there somewhere. you go. Uh, three of them are in the garbage somewhere, or three of them are in the Atlantic Ocean somewhere, I, sh- I should say. Uh, one of them's hanging up in your, in your childhood home right now. But I will say there is nothing more therapeutic than. Kicking your feet up on a Friday or a Saturday and just having squeeze play on and they got eight different TVs going and it's just high leverage baseball energy across the board. Obviously, there's going to be some great atmospheres, I think, in terms of what we've seen over the past couple of years. Not having a regional at Rocky Top's unfortunate, not having a regional in Greenville, North Carolina, is unfortunate, like these places that can get rockin'. You know, you like to see the high energy at these atmospheres. That's kind of what regional baseball is all about. But there's definitely a ton that are going to be a lot of fun and, and a lot of fans packing up these stadiums.
0: I'm going to get you a Tony Vitello jersey, I think. You love yourself some volunteer baseball, man. You sing, I mean, at you, the end of the qu- day. Answer this truthfully. Think back what? and be honest. And don't don't right away answer this question. No. How many times have you been in in the shower and either singing or humming the tune to Rocky Top?
1: i don't even know like if you played rocky oh, top he's, right he's now i wouldn't liar, even know Phoebe. it
0: he's such a liar you watch enough college football to know what the tune of rocky top is that is such a lie play the four seconds that were allowed you'll know it and then my second my second question why you pull up the rocky top song because you should um what's the who do you have as the best atmosphere here there you go i hate that song Okay, I do. Best I moment I've it. ever had listening to Rocky Top was they uh, they get a three nothing lead on the first possession of the game at Sanford Stadium last year, and then that band didn't play another song the rest of the day. What do you have as the best uh, atmosphere in this regional?
1: No brainer, Arkansas. No Spencer. brainer. The, you watched that when they hit that home run in the eighth inning of yeah. the game against Nebraska a couple years back. Um, which Nebraska actually ended up coming back and winning that game and going to the Super Regional, which was unfortunate. But that was unbelievable, unbelievable. We'll have to – I, I got to find that video again because that, that was just an amazing. They packed that thing out 14,000 strong, and, and they treat it like a football game. Like that thing is going to be – they are going to be live
0: there this week. I, I have a sneaky answer and a biased answer.
1: What, South Carolina?
0: That's my biased answer.
1: Because yeah, right.
0: I was there and I saw what it was like on Friday night against LSU. Uh, you were there as well, but that, that atmosphere was awesome. Founders gets Founders rocks. Um, that was a lot of fun. There was you know lightning delays and it didn't slow anybody down. And then you know we've said it countless amounts of times. You know that next day it was Good Friday and noon on Good Friday and that place was packed. Um, sneaky atmosphere night game, Stillwater, Oklahoma nights. Mm-hmm. It's such a tr- it's so true. People say it all the time. They're like nighttime in Stillwater is just different. It's darker, if that's possible. Like it's a different yeah. shade of black than everywhere else in the country. And uh I think that place at night, if they're if they're playing good ball, I think that place has the potential to be a lot of fun to keep an eye on. It's a shame that, you know, the Mississippi schools aren't involved this year. Uh that's always, for sure. yep. Yeah, gay, no,
1: Oklahoma State happy. is is a great atmosphere to watch a ball game too. They they get into it as well, and and that park plays very small, so a lot of home runs, a lot of action. But we're gonna go. Regional by regional, uh, we're going to give a, our thoughts, our initial thoughts on the bracket, kind of where our gut feels are. We're going to pick a winner, and, and then we're going to pick it, you know, if we saw anybody that was going to to ruffle some feathers and, and mix it up in, a, in each regional, we're going to pick an underdog to watch. So we're going to start out in Winston-Salem for the national number one seed with the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. They are hosting the Maryland Terrapins. Northeastern university and George Mason university. I don't know if you got mascots on it's the Huskies, right? For Northeastern,
0: uh, Northeastern, um, Huskies, Maryland Terrapins, George Mason, Patriots, and Patriots. There you go. My brother's an alum.
1: Yeah. That's why I figured with the George Mason one, you were going to come in and help you out. You know, my, my initial thought on this is obviously like people think it's kind of like the, the NCAA March madness bracket, um, Mm -hmm. where, it's actually true seating. It's not, it's still a little regional. It is different um, from, so it's not like the true worst team gets in. If that was the case, Tulane would be heading to Winston Salem, not Baton Rouge um, because they're sitting at 19 and 40 as it sits right now. But this is a tough regional for the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest. Maryland's a team that's going to come in. They can leave the yard at any given moment, at any spot in that order. That's a small park that Wake Forest plays in, and obviously they know how to play to that. But Northeastern's a really good ball club. We had Peter Flaherty from Baseball America, who does their national coverage. And when I asked him about some small schools that stood out to him that could make a run to Omaha and had the formula to do it, Northeastern was one of the teams he pointed out. And obviously, I'm super high on the Demon Deacons. I think that pitching staff, I think that lineup, I think all of that encompassing is what it looks like when you talk about the teams that are holding up that trophy at the end of the year. So I think they have what it takes, but it's going to have to start with a regional that I think is going to be very challenging. It's going to be really tough. And I think that game two on Saturday night that we're going to be at no matter who they get, Maryland or Northeastern, is going to be a tough test for this team.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I said this to you on Selection Monday when the when this regional came out. I was like, wow, for being the number one overall seed, this is a tough draw. And you know, there's some tougher regionals for sure. Like, it's not like you know, Wake Forest should win this regional, and, and that's why yeah. I'm picking obviously because we're both super high on the Deeks. Um, that pitching staff, right? Pitching wins this time of year, man. At, like, offense is important, and being able to hit a three-run bomb, which Maryland can do in spades, is is huge um but that wake force pitching staff like you know they're not going to throw a red louder tomorrow and but like we keep talking about it and it's like but does it matter like you could line these Mm -hmm. guys up any which way and to me it doesn't necessarily matter like it's hard to find a situation where they're not going to have a pitching advantage and when you look at this regional in particular they're they're going to have the starting pitching advantage in every single game and when you look, when you get to this time of year as a coach and you're looking at things and how, you know, what needs to happen in order for your team to win, like you need to have the better start, like nine times out of ten, you need to have the better start on the mound in order to win at this time of year. And, you know, the way this sets up, Wake Force is going to have the better start throughout this regional. Uh, but you're not wrong. Like anything can happen at the same time. And Northeastern and Maryland are not slouches. You know, George Mason, you know, they went on a run, they had a, a pretty good year by their standards, winning 34 games um, and just want to give them some love for winning the A-10 championship. Um, I don't think they have what it takes. It's good to see them back in a regional. It's been, I think, since like 2016. Is that right? I'd have someone else to fact check me on that, but it's been quite some time since Mason was in a regional. So for them to get there is great, but you know, I don't see them lasting. Um, and then do you want my underdog to to watch here? Yeah. 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 Wrap it, so North, wrap it up. And North, not close. I, I know you're going to go with Maryland. I think you're going to go with Maryland. I, I got Northeastern here. I really like Northeastern a lot. Um, I have for some time. I think they've been, you know, one of the best three teams in the CAA for years now. Uh, Mike Lavin does a fantastic job. And what are Mike Lavin teams going to do? Shocker, they're going to pitch the ball great. They have a freshman, Avon – I don't know. Butcher's name i love this kid Aven cabral who's got a 226 era this year he's five foot 11 and just has stuff the kid knows how to pitch for a freshman it's extremely impressive tune him in like that's going to be like that maryland offense against him tomorrow is going to be i might sneaky be the best game of this entire regional is watching those two teams with him on the mound tomorrow um you know he's extremely impressive. He doesn't strike out the world, but he doesn't walk anybody. He's got 12 walks and 80 innings this year. And they and then you just go down the list, and they have a ton of guys who have pitched some innings for him who have really good ERAs. I mean, out of the bullpen, bullpen Griffin Young, who's thrown 46 innings this year and has a 2 one uh, Michael Gemma, who's thrown <clears> – <throat> sorry, not Gemma, uh, James Quinn-Lavin. God, they got some names up there at Northeastern that yeah. are really mm-hmm. tough. Um Boston. So, So I really, I really, really like this Northeastern, um, this Northeastern team. And I think they're kind of sneaky. And thank you, Phoebe. George Mason hasn't been in a regional since 2014. So that was my freshman year of college. So that's a long time ago. Um, So I, I mean, but yeah, so I got Wake winning it and I got Northeastern as the team to watch.
1: Yeah, and I'm actually, uh, yes, definitely on Wake winning it, no doubt about it. I think that if there's anything, any team that if I had to put my head on the pillow at night and say was going to be standing at the end here, it's Wake. I mean, talent-wise, they're as good as anybody. Stuff-wise on the mound, they're as good as anybody. They're deep. They have a deep bullpen. They have. I, I saw Seth Keener throw last week and was like – This dude looks like a Friday night guy for a lot of ACC teams, right? 93 to 95, really good slider, getting a ton of swing and miss. He actually kind of laid his only clunker of the year, so I'm all in on the Demon Deacons. I think that they're going to come out of this regional, and to be honest with you, I originally coming into the day, I did think I was going to pick Maryland because I do love that offense. Matt Shaw has 23 home runs, and he's going to be a first-round pick. Nick LaRusso has 99 RBIs on the year. It's just insane to, to think of and obviously our good friend Aaron Arnstein came on here and and talked a lot about this team but then I clicked over to Northeastern and you talked about the pitching right well let's not discount this offense that happened to hit 298 as a team had 103 home runs and we talk about this Maryland team who had only had 123 in two extra games yes 15 home runs does add up but at the end of the day when we're talking about this environment this airport that Wake Forest plays at. we're going to see a lot of home runs it's going to be about who's going to come out and pitch it and I originally thought like okay Maryland is going to out hit Northeastern tomorrow in this game but now that I turn the page and look at this offense I think Northeastern can go toe-to-toe with the sticks with Maryland and has the better arm so I really like Northeastern to take be the underdog to watch I think if they got through this if they did happen and get Wake Forest um, on a bad day, catch one of their starters on a bad day. I wouldn't be shocked if they made it all the way to Omaha. That's how good I think of this team, and and I really do think that's a really good roster. So definitely my underdog to watch. There are three really good teams that I don't. It doesn't matter who lines up to play on Saturday. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch those games, and I'm excited to get up there and watch. So heading a little bit south here, uh, we're going to the 16 national seed in the Alabama Crimson Tide. They are hosting the Tuscaloosa Regional with Troy University. Boston College is heading south, and then you have Nichols State. So Dan, your initial thoughts when you when you digest this series, I'll give you my initial thoughts. It's crazy that Alabama has a better, has an easier draw than the number one national seed here.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly looks that way just because I think that Wake regional is deep. I think yes. that Alabama, though, it's funny when you look at this because you say that, but it's like, is Wake that much better than those teams when you look at it? Because if, like, I don't know if Alabama is that much better than some of the teams in this regional, to be honest with you. Now, the fact that they're going to be playing at home is huge. They clearly – like the firing of their head coach did something, and we talked about that. Like sometimes that does fire up a clubhouse. Um, obviously, he wasn't fired for performance reasons, and a lot of times when you see teams go on a run after a head coach is fired for performance reasons, it's because they feel some sort of responsibility. But these were obviously extenuating circumstances. Um, but I think that I, – I, I think Boston College is going to win. Is, is what I'm I'm getting at here. Like I got Boston College winning this regional. I think they you know they got off to a really good start this year. Um, they had some some issues down the stretch, but I really kind of like the cut of this team. I, I, I don't know what it is why I keep loving up on these these Boston these Boston area schools because typically I'm not a Boston sports guy. But look, you look at this offense and it doesn't really jump off the page at you especially from an average. I mean, they hit 271, which isn't bad. They only hit 63 home runs, but you know, they they still scored 346 runs and and they're pretty good at run prevention as well on the mound. They, you know, on the mound they have some guys, Chris Flynn, who is ERA isn't great. He got hit around a little bit in the the ACC, but he's probably going to get the ball first and and look, I, I'm kind of picking them because I don't want to go chalk across the board. I really kind of like this Troy team too. I think this Troy team can kind of sneak up on people. So although you would look at it and say that Winston Salem, the regional Winston Salem's tougher as far as the depths of the teams, like I don't think Alabama is as good as we maybe think they are. Um, as crazy as that sounds, because they really they just really went on a run, and if they continue to stay hot, that's half of the battle this time of year. And um, as I'm saying this, I'm talking myself out of Boston College because I feel like we're trending in different directions. Boston College is trending the wrong way. Alabama's trending the right way. But I'll stick with my original pick and say um, B.C. gets hot and they go on a little bit of a run here. But don't be surprised if it's Troy.
1: Yeah, so that's actually funny that you say that. So it's probably going to fill in my winner and my underdog to watch. I'm going with the Troy Trojans. Um, I like the offense. It's ton of pop, ton of power can really change a game. We know that home runs win in the playoffs, 102 on the year led by Shane Lewis, who has 27 big flies, which is crazy impressive. You know, if everything breaks, right? Like if you told me that it was a two, three final here, this is one of the regionals that I would not be surprised if it was Boston college versus Troy playing for the chance to go to the super regional. Um, I look at the Boston College roster, obviously they're led by Joe Vetrano, who has had a great year, 18 home runs, but outside of him, it's a lot of meh couple guys that hit for a ton of power don't hit for average couple guys that hit for average don't hit for power the loss of Travis Honeyman was huge he was having a great year up until the time that he stopped playing from the Clemson series so that's something to keep an eye on and and really on the pitching side there's nobody that stands out to me that says screams like this is a guy who could win on any given start so you know the Troy team is going to be able to roll out there and they're going to be able to flex their muscle they're going to throw their ace Grayson Stewart out there uh 83 innings pitched 88 strikeouts a 3-5 ERA and he can win them game one and put them in a good position obviously then they have to beat the Alabama team who's played great baseball but I'm taking the Troy Trojans to win and to be my underdog to watch obviously Alabama's played great baseball they're an SEC program so if both of us end up wrong here I wouldn't be surprised by by any stretch but um, I really do Upfield tells me that this is going to be kind of one of those havoc regionals where where anything can happen.
0: So yeah, and that's what that's kind of what you expect from a sixteen seed regional, right? Like that's the when the yes. sixteen seed, you know, you, you expect like it's not a shoe in How much of an advantage is it going to be for the fact that they are hosting? Um, you know, I, I don't know. I guess that's yeah. If that I was, was if that
1: was South Carolina sitting right. at, I believe the 15th no, 15. they're not the fifteen. They Aren't are they? the yeah. They are the 15. fifteen. The fifteen getting in and having that atmosphere. One hundred percent. I would agree that that home field advantage. But do Crimson Tide fans fill out that stadium as much as South Carolina fans? I I would care to say no, but. It's something to keep an eye on that home field adv- home field advantage matters a lot in college baseball as much as as much as people don't you know want to think it does like college football but those environments in the SEC can get can get raucous so we're gonna head even further south to where a lot of people wish they were this weekend and that's Coral Gables, Florida. Uh, the, the Miami Hurricanes are playing host to a really loaded regional, at least in the national name brand. You have the Texas Longhorns coming in as the number two, the Louisiana Raising, Raging Cajuns coming in as the three, and the Maine Bears, Black Bears, coming in as the four as Miami's opening game. So, Dan, who's your winner in that series and who's your underdog to watch?
0: This one's really tough because for me – um. Look, Miami's another team that's trending in the right direction, right? They got off to a little bit of a slow start. Did they get swept by Florida State early on in conference play? I think they lost the series. Lost the series, whatever. They they kind of stumbled out of the gate, especially in ACC play and and non-conference play. They were kind of struggling, and then they just got extremely hot. And, again, like we talked all year, this is the time you want to be playing your best baseball. Um, I think the biggest thing for Lafayette and Texas is can anyone get – yohandy morales out and if you can't get Johanny morales out no shame in that at all um can you have someone who can produce the way he does um because to me like this is one of those regionals where again kind of like the last one you can see three teams possibly winning this thing so again it's going to come down to the three run homers at clutch times who's getting the better start out of all of these teams and really you know Texas swept West Virginia at the end of the year to grab a share of that Big 12 tournament uh, regular season title. Then they went two and Q in, in the tournament. So they're kind of weird. But, look, I've kind of been waiting for – I've said this multiple times. I like David Pierce, and I've been waiting for them to kind of get on a roll here and make a run and, and really do what we, we kind of all expect that Texas brand to do um, come tournament time. And they've got some arms, man. Like, I, Lucas Gordon's a really good arm. He's got 90 strikeouts and 88 in the third innings this year, pitching to a 2.55. Um, LeBaron Johnson, electric stuff. Um, I think Peter talked about him a good bit when he was on yeah. the pod, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's got 86 strikeouts and 73 in the third. So, like, they have two guys, and if you have two guys at well, the front of a rotation, then you can you can make a run in this thing. But it's not like they're alone. You know, I I don't know really where this thing's going to go, but if I, I'm going to have to pick, so I'm going to take Texas here. And, um, you know, obviously everyone should be watching Miami, but I, I don't want to go, you know, I've talked enough here on this regional, but Lafayette or sorry, uh, ULL is really good. ULL yeah. is a really good team. And, uh, you know, they, they've won 40 games this year. And anytime you win 40 games, you're, you're doing something right. I'll let you talk a little bit more about them, but I, I I wouldn't be surprised if they're also in it, like really any of these three teams.
1: Yeah. And, and that's kind of where it gets very interesting for me. And one of the guys that you forgot on the pitching side is is a big name nationally, and that's Tanner Witt. Coming off a of Tommy John surgery at the midway point, he started out as a weekend rotation guy for the Longhorns, uh, ends up blowing out, missing the whole year. He's been working his way back. He hasn't exactly been sharp, six walks in seven innings, six strikeouts, seven earned runs, just not the Tanner Witt we had been accustomed to know. But we talk about this and we'll talk about this with LSU we'll talk about this at many stretches talent that gets in a groove in playoff time we saw it with Kumar Rocker's freshman year he had his highs he had his lows well guess who punched out 18 against Duke in a super regional Kumar rocker Tanner. Witt's that guy for the longhorn. So if you told me anybody came out, if they really wanted to push all their chips in on Tanner wit as their guy and throw him game two, even game one. And you in a winner's bracket situation, that would be something where he could come out, not only make himself a lot of money, but he's a guy to lo- watch there, but I'm going to have to stick with the talent of the hurricanes from Miami. Obviously, Yohani Morales, the third baseman in the ACC was just absolutely loaded. Johanny Morales, end of the year, hitting 405 with 16 pumps. He's going to make a lot of money. Blake Sears, a guy I really like, 16 homers as a freshman. On the pitching side, they have the best reliever in baseball in Andrew Walters. He's unbelievable. 68 strikeouts in 41 and two-thirds innings. Getting him the ball as much as possible is going to be the difference in a lot of these games. Obviously, you want to see a little bit more consistency from their starters, um, which is worrisome when it comes to these You know, these long regionals where you might have to play a game in a a game five and a game six. Um, But I'm going to have to pick the Hurricane Salint. And the sleeper to watch is, uh, you know, Coach Deggs, man. We ran our offense based off of what Coach Deggs teaches at Arcadia. Um, Being able to maximize your your guys, being able to put each of them in a position to be successful stole 161 bases. You know, they're going to wreck havoc. They didn't hit as many home runs as I know Coach Deggs would like there, but they had 140 doubles, which is crazy to think about. That's a, that's a ton. So that's a team that obviously has a lot of talent. We've seen coach Degg's coach teams make runs in the postseason. So it's going to be a matter of making sure the culture's right, but to build off of your Texas point as well, not to just completely ignore them. We see this year in and year out name brand um, programs that just didn't have great years. We've seen Texas be great in stretches through this year. Um, they went on win streaks. They swept West Virginia there in the second to last weekend of the season, I believe, and really put their name out there as a, as a potential host, really, at that point. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised by any stretch, even if they made it all the way to Omaha as a two, because that's the brand that Texas plays in baseball. So heading out west for the only regional that's on the west coast as it's currently stands. And the Stanford Cardinals are playing host to the San Jose State, don't know their mascot, Cal State Fullerton and the Texas A and M Aggies. So Dan initial Spartans. There you go. You're good at this. You're um,
0: disappointing me on this. Are you kidding me? Yeah, like college mascots, I take. Them I know. I usually,
1: I'm usually I'm good with those, but San Jose State throws a little wrinkle in there. Not um, a Mount West usually, guy. You go to bed I early. That's just, why. Yeah, I am an early early guy. Um, so I probably won't be up for for game game one of this series when it's on at eleven o'clock at night. But um, what are your thoughts here? Obviously, a lot of talent from the Aggies. Um, and Cal State Fullerton's kind of the national brand that we we see a lot.
0: This one's so hard for me, man. Like this one, this is one of the toughest ones, and I think my East Coast bias. Look, I'm an honorable guy, so I'll admit it. I have East Coast bias through and through. Like, if you know, I have several blind spots when it comes to college baseball because there's so much of it. West Coast college baseball is is a blind spot, that's for sure. Um, but then you look at Stanford, you look at the numbers of some of these guys: Alberto Rios, yeah. Tommy Troy, Eddie Park. Yeah, Montgomery, like that offense bangs, man. They hit 317 as a team. They hit more than Mm -hmm. 100 home runs. Uh, You know, they scored 465 runs and only gave up 365 this year. It's a plus 100 run differential. Those are the types of things you like to see from a really good team. This is why they're hosting a regional, right? It's kind of obvious. Then you look at their pitching, though. They have a six ERA. You know, and that scares me. When you look at like when you look at some of these teams that potentially can pull upsets that are, you know, lower seeded like I'll just real quick talk about San Jose State here. Like, you know, they only hit two eighty four as a team, their opponents hit two seventy-one. They have a five seven six, almost a six ERA as well. Um and and they're they have a negative run differential. They went on a run, they won the, the Mountain West for the first time in I don't know, it'd been years. I can't remember what the year was, but so I, I definitely you know, I'm going through process of elimination here. I don't see a way for, a path for San Jose State to win this. It's really hard obviously for four seats to win it. And then you look at Fullerton too and and Fullerton, I mean, <clears throat> Fullerton, you know, scored 324 runs this year. They pitched at a sub 5, you know, they might have the best pitching staff in this tournament. I don't know cuz it's tough when you start comparing cross conferences. I want Fullerton to win. They're going to be my team to watch, I think here. I don't think they're going to actually win. But I like Cal State Fullerton. I like that brand. Everybody who's followed college baseball, maybe played a little NCAA MVP baseball back in the day, knows that orange F. Yep. Um, and they've been in it, you know, it seems like they're in a regional every single year. They've been to Supers and they go to Omaha every once in a while. So I kind of like them to watch. They got some, you know, they're led offensively uh, <clears throat> by, you know, Connor Caden and, and Alman Angelo who hit, both hit in the in – the, uh, the High threes this year, they don't have a lot of pop as a team, though, and that's a little bit concerning as well. So, I, I don't really know, but I'm gonna go with Stanford here. I'm gonna go chalk and take the one seed, uh, to win it. Um, I, the pitching is a little concerning to me, um, but that offense, man, they're gonna hit.
1: Yeah, I, I'm this one's easy for me. Stanford, um, Stanford has been in Omaha the last two years, I believe, definitely last year. They play their best baseball in the postseason. This is probably the best lineup in the country, considering the parks they play in out West, considering the pitching that West Coast baseball brings to the table. They have eight guys, I believe, that were preseason All-American list. Like This lineup is unbelievable. And when you have your worst player – starter um quote unquote as drew bowser who's a guy who a lot of mlb organizations like a lot um, who's sitting there with 10 home runs in a 272 average um got to get the pitching right that's true but this team's physical they could leave the yard at any moment and it what's interesting is you know coach schlossnagel is obviously a guy that took texas a&m to a to Omaha last year He's a guy who knows how to coach postseason baseball Almost better than anybody But Stanford's one of those teams that always plays their best baseball Come playoff time And Cal State Fullerton's my underdog to watch Just because of the fact that it's West Coast baseball um, they, They're going to move runners They're going to play great defense They're going to pitch it They're going to throw strikes um, I know the stats on the year aren't as what you'd expect From a Cal State Fullerton team But we've seen this time and time again Where these teams get in They ruffle some feathers they shake up the bracket and they make have a couple wins here and there that you don't expect them to do just because they don't make mistakes. Um, so we're heading back east here, uh, back across almost, yeah, I believe it is across the Mississippi River here. And we're going to go down to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I believe it's on the Mississippi River, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you
0: just tied yourself in knots trying to throw a yeah, little geography lesson for I right? did. I did. I but, honestly so have that, no idea.
1: They're playing host to the two lane green wave who are obviously the feel good story for everybody across the country, sitting at a, a mean 19 and 40 here going into the NCAA regional. That's what we all pay to see is 19 and 40 teams playing LSU uh, in a regional. And then Sam Houston Bearcats are the three seed and they are going to play the Oregon state Beavers. Dan, I'm not stupid enough to not throw that into Google before I botch it again for the fourth <laughs> time. So don't disrespect me there. This All this I'm gonna good? say about this one, I'm gonna kick this one off here. Um, no, don't let be me go surprised. first. Let me go first. No, no, oh, come no. On. Let me
0: go first. Phoebe, this is this is this is your mark this. This is your endpoint right here. Because I know where Trevor's going. So I want everyone to be able to get their shots in. The fun is over. Okay. They won 18 games, they won their conference tournament too late, that might as well have been them winning the College World Series. It's done. It is, uh, like, I throw Ty Floyd, throw me. I don't care who LSU throws out there. I personally feel like LSU should have the biggest chip on their shoulder going into this. They were number one for most of this year, and everyone is down on them now. This team is talented enough to win the national championship, and everyone is talking like, They have to watch out, maybe not in this regional, but supers and forward. Everyone's super high on Wake Forest. Everyone's super high on Clemson. Well, guess what? There was a reason LSU almost went pole to pole in the number one spot. Okay, Tulane, it was fun. You won the AAC with 40 losses. 40 losses. There's too much talent on the other side. I know you've seen him in a midweek, and that's the speech we're giving as the skipper right now is, we've played these guys, we hung with them. That was a midweek game. You know, People were getting off of work. They weren't flocking to the box that night. This is different. It's regional time. It's tournament time. Jay Johnson's going to get those boys ready to roll. A lot of those guys in that room should feel like they have something to prove. I don't think Tulane is going to sniff them tomorrow. So, Phoebe, you can clip it. And we can post on social media when Tulane beats them. But that's what I'm telling you right now. Tulane, I'm not even gonna give them that's that's what they get. I got LSU winning this regional for the for the reasons that I just threw out there. They have the most approved to me. They are one of the most talented team. I know there's pitching concerns, but guys need to step up here. They have guys to step up. They have the guy to step up and Paul Um So, you know, I, I like LSU. I, I would be shocked if LSU isn't in Omaha, um, you know, when we get there in a couple weeks, my, my underdog team to watch, I think I'll go with, uh, I guess I'll give the, the, the Cats some love maybe. I mean, this regional, I think this personally, this regional is much, much weaker. You want to talk about a regional that doesn't even compare to Winston Salem, like who would you rather be? Would you rather be LSU or or Wake Forest? I'd rather be LSU in this regional. Anytime you can get a 40-loss team into your regional, I think you're begging for it. Um, But, you know, Jay Sirianni has, you know, Sam Houston in the regional. And, you know, Tyler Davis is, you know, their guy on offense. He hit four thirty two this year. He's OPSing over 1,000. Seven homers. Joe Redfield's got 13 bombs. Walker Janik has 12. Clayton Chadwick has 10. This offense from Sam Houston can – swing the bats and I think it'll be fun to to watch them play an Oregon State team um, who had had a pretty good year in the Pac-12 um, not as good as as some of the Oregon State teams as we've seen in the past um, but I got LSU to win it and, and everyone should tune in and see those beautiful orange jerseys that uh, Sam Houston's gonna rock well we got orange on orange that's gonna be ugly that first game yeah well, it's not, so it's not a good seems, uniform seems- matchup. different shades of orange too but
1: go ahead. Since you, cu- since you cut me off, I'm <laughs> so with you on, on LSU's going to win. And the funny thing is because you had to get in there in time, I never said that Tulane was going to win against LSU. I've never said that once. No, I haven't. said just don't be surprised okay. when it's the top of the eighth inning and Tulane's up three to two. Dylan Carmucci is going to go seven strong. the The bats are going to get a little <laughs> tight in the boys' hands. They're playing. They're playing with house money. They've been playing with house money for a couple of months now. They're nineteen and forty. Like it doesn't get much worse than that. They're just happy to be there at that point. So why would the box even rattle them? LSU's seasons on the line. They can't lose because expectations are the thief of all of the joy when it comes to playoff baseball. And Ty Floyd's going to lose the strike zone for an inning, couple runs are going to cross the plate. The offense isn't going to come through with that clutch knock until late in the game. LSU takes game one, but it's going to be closer than you think. Dylan Carmucci's got 100 punches in 86 innings. That's pretty good. ERA's not that good. Walks are a problem, but if he throws strikes like he did against Memphis last week, uh, he's going to be good to go. But yeah, the Tigers are winning this, I think. I'm worried, big, t- big picture about the Tigers. Pitching depth wins you national championships. I worry about the pitching depth. Ty Floyd has a tendency to lose the strike zone. 28 walks in 66 innings is concerning for your number two guy. Paul Skeens can only pitch once a weekend. You get him twice in Omaha, he can only pitch once a weekend. So I worry about the steps to get to Omaha. I'm not completely sold on the fact that they will. Thatcher Hurd look great in the SEC tournament. If they get that Thatcher Hurd this weekend and beyond, they're going to be good to go. Team to watch: Oregon State Beavers. Um, You know they play great baseball. They've been to World Series. They pitch it really well, uh, historically speaking. So you know you're going to get good starts from them. You know you're going to get quality at bats. So the Oregon State Beavers are my underdog to watch. Um, And we're going to head a little bit further back east to Lexington, Kentucky, where we are taking the kids out of the dorm rooms. Did you have to feeding them what?
0: Whether Kentucky was east of of Baton Rouge or not?
1: No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have to think through that one. Um, We're going into the dorm rooms. We're going into Baluba Hall and and Rosenthal Hall, and we're pulling the teams out. We're feeding them dining hall food from Amitrak, who's supplying the food for the whole weekend. And you're still going to have to pay Aramark, whatever it is. Who cares? Kentucky's hosting a regional and they don't have any hotels for the players. So they're all staying on campus. So you know they're not winning this series, right? That's karma. Like they're not winning the regional when they're shoving everybody else in the dorms. They're going two and Q. That's my prediction here. Um, just because of karma's sake, no eva- no true evaluation there. Just karma's giving the, the cats of Kentucky. They're going two and Q there. But you can take it from there however you want.
0: Um, unbelievable lead in right there. Uh, <laughs> you got train. you got a train company feed these kids. That's no good. <laughs> you got Amtrak, you got Amtrak feeding, feeding these kids their meals. Um, that's one of the best stories to happen in a long time. I, I said it to you and trait before we started recording. I think me and my college teammates were texting about like, yeah, power five baseball. They're just like us. Yeah, you know, there's a country yeah. music festival in Lexington, Kentucky. So we're just gonna throw all the boys in the, ho- the hotel rooms. We're gonna charge them. What is it? Like ninety three bucks a player. Yeah, all
1: the dorms rooms. <laughs> yeah, ninety two fifty a player to stay you in think a dorm they even, room.
0: You think they even had time to clean them out when the regular students came in? Like don't no, but they did leave. Bad kids. <laughs> they did leave
1: fridge and microwave in there for them. I was happy about that. I was surprised to see that in one of the videos good. I saw.
0: Um, I kind of like your idea of, of karma coming back to uh, get the Wildcats here. Look, the Kentucky's a team – and I mean, another SEC team hosting. Half this field is, is SEC hosts. Kentucky had a much better uh, year than I think we really mentioned them. Uh, we didn't talk yeah. about them too much, but you know Jackson Gray had a really good year and Emilian Petrie, those are two guys at the top of their offense average-wise. Hunter Gilliam hit 11 bombs. Uh, It'll be be interesting, but I'm kind of going to roll with you. I'm not going to give you any analysis other than Kentucky's not winning. And I'm going to go with West Virginia. Look, I like this West Virginia team. They had a really good year um, in the Big 12. I know they got swept by Texas. They didn't win the Big 12 tourney. So, you know, am I going back on getting hot at the right time again? I don't know. But I have just visions of heartbreak in Morgantown year after year for Coach Macy in this program and in regionals. And I think finally, look, they get to go on the road. It's not too far of a trip. Maybe a little camaraderie from staying in the dorm rooms. I like uh, West Virginia to come out of this regional. J.J. Weatherholt might be one of my favorite players in college college baseball. I love this kid. I love the person. I've heard him interviewed a couple times and like, just seems like an awesome guy, an awesome teammate. And then you look at his numbers and you go, oh, 443 with 15 bombs ain't bad, Trevor. 22 doubles. I think you'll take it. Uh, when Anytime you're slugging close to 800, um, you're doing damage in the box. So I like West Virginia to win it. And then this is the uh, all name regional. So instead of underdogs to watch, I'm going to give you a couple names because this is the all name regional. Check out this name Decker Scheffler. Okay. Decker Scheffler from Ball State can hit. All right. He's hitting 388 on the year. He's got eight bombs, 48 RBIs. He's one to one strikeout to walk, which is pretty dang good for those of you who don't know. And his name's, and he's doing it all the while being named Decker Scheffler. Pretty sick. And then the, uh, the last team here in this this regional is Indiana. And their leading hit. What I like too is these names are their leading hitters of these teams. The leading hitter of Indiana, Indiana is a kid by the name of Brock Tibbets. That's two B's mm-hmm. and two T's in Tibbets there, Shrev all right uh 372 with this is the
1: analysis people come for (laughs) this is
0: what you want kid's name is Brock Tibbetts and he's got 10 10 show homers and he's hitting 372 on the year so my my underdogs to watch are are Tibbetts and and Decker Scheffler
1: (laughs) well you just pick the guys who are the best hitters on two teams so hopefully it has nothing to do with their
0: talent it's nothing um, to do with the talent. Nothing
1: to do with the talent. Okay, fair, fair, fair. So, obviously, just out of principle, we're going no Kentucky. They're dropping game 1 to Ball State. Uh Trenner Ode- O'Don is going to pitch that game. He has 92 strikeouts in 84 innings with a 2.98. So, in all seriousness, like that's a that's a good stat line right there. He's a guy who's going to come out and and really challenge these Kentucky hitters. Kentucky kind of, you know, they play a different brand of baseball, right? They, they move runners. They, you know, steal bases, play that kind of game, um, which doesn't mean it can't work. Uh, but a lot of things got to go right, especially when you're talking about, you know, you got to make sure your pitching staff wants to show up, which they've had a good year on the mound. But I'm, I'm taking the underdog to watch. The underdog to watch. I'm not picking them to win. Is Ball State, and then for the team that I'm going to pick to win, it's West Virginia Mountaineers. You said everything about JJ Weatherholt. He's an absolute stud. He's going to be a first round pick. They swing it well as an offense. 295 as a team. 122 stolen bases, so they can win in different ways, um, and just being able to to put runs on the board. I do like Indiana as well. I think this is a pretty evenly matched regional when you when you look at it, and I don't think Kentucky's though the runaway favorite necessarily so heading down to Auburn Alabama uh, where the Tigers are going to play host to the Penn Quakers from Philadelphia Pennsylvania uh, one of the best fields in college baseball is the one that hangs right over uh, I-76 running right through central Philadelphia with the it's water beautiful. tower down the right with field the out, line it's, it's miserable glorious. you can't
0: hear yourself think on that field
1: yeah, and they just fit it in, so you know it plays a little small for and the, the hitters.
0: Not to mention, there's a uh, train tracks right behind home plate too, so you get a yeah. train, a water station that's nonstop running, and I seventy six. Which
1: it sounds like you worked on. a couple of you worked a couple of <laughs> events there, did you? Huh? You worked some, a couple of recruiting some, events there.
0: Some long days, man. Some long days. Yeah, Yeah,
1: exactly. So I'm not surprised there. I'm not surprised there. But um, so they're going to battle it out on in game one. And then Sanford is going to play Southern Miss as the two seed. So, um, you know, I think, again, these obviously Auburn is currently the 14 seed, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Um, 13 seed, sorry. And so they're going to have some you know pressure on them to to win games, but you know when you look at this pen team, Wyatt Hensler has 17 home runs. I believe he's their career leader in home runs. He's hitting 316 on the year. They have five guys that are hitting above 300 with power. Um, so this offense can swing it. But in terms of pitching, man, I don't think there's a better one, two, three punch in this regional. And Southern Miss is known for their pitching prowess. You've got Ryan Dombrowski, Owen Cody, and Z- Cole's the Firo, who are all pitching to a sub 3.10. You have a 2.87, 3.03, and a 3.09. They're all striking out more than a batter per inning. So, If there's a four seed who's really going to walk in here and who's going to pitch it at the level that they can pitch it and combine the offensive side of things, it's the Penn Quakers. And I really think they can make a run here. So they're going to be my underdog to watch. And then I'm playing the good guy card here, man. Your head coach who's been there for years is walking away. We've seen this stories as old as time. Southern miss is winning the regional Southern miss is going to Omaha. You know, it your coach is walking away again, like Kentucky, not winning. There's no analysis here. Coach who's a legend. They're stepping away. They're giving the pitching coach, the head job next year. Everybody's going to be feeling good. All the vibes are going to be good. They're going to be playing for coach and you know, they're making a run at it. So they're going to be my winner of this bracket as a two seed is Southern miss.
0: Um, is the, I don't know how to ask this question. Is does University of Pennsylvania have your favorite alumni in this tournament? Like, is there a school with a better alumni that you like than Mark Derosa and Penn?
1: that I like personally yeah, yeah, yeah
0: personally for you no yeah, there's
1: not many yeah. people in the world that I right, like yeah. more than Mark <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah so that's what I figured so so Pat I don't wonder I, I was wondering why you're so high on Penn I kind of figured it was that that they were they kind of led I didn't think there was any other school that had an alum that you were more fond of than than Penn and DeRosa um good for good for a Philly school getting in man that's kind of fun obviously close to home for us uh I'm not going to dive too deep in here on this either I Southern I got Southern Miss I saw For a lot of reasons that you like them, their head coach is leaving. It's a good story. This is a good baseball team. I got to uh, lay eyes on them in Conway earlier this uh, year in the beginning of April. They can hit the middle of their order. They got, you know, lefty on lefty on lefty on lefty in that lineup, and they do a really good job. In that game, I saw them at Coastal. They went down like 13-1 in the third, and then it was like 13-7 before you knew it. Um, So they can score, and they can score at the best of them. It's going to come down to pitching, though, and run prevention. That's what scares me on this. Um, my team to watch here, like I, I don't know if this is a team to watch. I don't know how you want me to say it, but Auburn. Look, Auburn's a good team, and yeah. Auburn very well could and probably will win this regional. And Ike Irish is a stud. Bryson Ware is a stud. Um, Bryson Ware has twenty four bombs. I mean, like serious juice. They have a ton of talent. Uh, Tommy Vale on the mound is 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 really really good. Um, he's got seventy seven strikeouts in sixty five innings. His stuff is electric. Um, you know, he he's a little bit erratic on the mound. He had, he runs into some command stuff once in a while, which pushed his ERA up into the mid threes, um, which is why you don't really see him down with some of the best arms in the country, although he certainly has the talent to do it. So, you know, look out because Auburn's like a legit threat and you could blink and they could be in Omaha um, just like they've done in the past. But I'm going to go Southern Miss to win this thing.
1: Perfect. So um, heading out to the last – Regional on this side of the bracket, Um, Clemson Tigers are hosting the regional in Clemson, South Carolina, Um, and obviously they're the the hottest team in baseball, in college baseball, they are the number four seed, they won the ACC tournament, Uh, they're playing great baseball, they play host to Lipscomb. Um, and then in a 2-3 matchup that's really interesting, Charlotte 49ers are taking on the Tennessee Volunteers. Obviously, ton of talent there. Um, it's going to be an interesting 2-3 uh, game to watch. And this series on the whole is really interesting. Um, I'm going to start with the underdog to watch, and that's going to be the Charlotte 49ers. Uh, they don't hit for high average, but they have 97 home runs in 60 games. And the reason I'm picking them more is because I don't feel like Tennessee is an underdog. Underdog in this scenario, I think everybody knows who Tennessee is. But Cam Fisher with Charlotte has thirty bombs with a three fifty two average to lead the nation, which is just unreal to think about. So you know they can leave the yard at any moment. And then obviously Tennessee, we've talked about the talent that they have: Jared Dickey, Maui Ahuna, Christian Scott. Christian Moore. The list goes on and on with some guys that that are potentially going to play in professional baseball. 114 home runs, that team can really swing it. But the Clemson Tigers are my team to win here. They're playing the best baseball right now. If you put Tennessee in any other regional, I think I'd be picking them. But when you're running into the hottest team in baseball, who has Caden Grice, who has 16 home runs, and then he's going to go pitch it at a high level. Um, He's been great off the mound for them. They have really good pitching. They have a lot of guys they can turn to Uh, it's really an impressive group that I think is just playing their best baseball because coach Backage has that team figured out they're rolling absolutely right now so I'm picking the Clemson Tigers to win and my underdog to watch just because I don't feel like Tennessee is an underdog is the Charlotte 49ers
0: can I ask you a question real quick yeah of course I believe Lipscomb's like 2.8 miles from Vanderbilt why are they? Why why aren't they in that regional?
1: I don't know. I think they they want the NCAA just wanted to pay for that. Yeah, they <laughs> they swang it though. They got they two dudes with twenty it. bombs.
0: They do swing it. They swing it. So uh, I'll start with my team to watch. It's gonna be Lipscomb, and it's gonna be because of that. They got two dudes with twenty bombs. A guy was seventeen, and a guy was sixteen. I should give them some names. Caleb Ketchup, really good name. Um, spelled just like this, the gross red stuff that people dip their French fries in. Uh, he's got 17 homers on the year. He's hitting 255, but he goes deep when he needs to. Alex Vergara has 21. Uh, Austin Kelly has 21. And uh, Trace Wilhoyt also has uh, 17 bombs on the year. Or, sorry, he has 17 bombs on the year, too. Um, so they really can swing it. They hit the long ball. They hit 106 of them this year, so they're going to be my team to watch. Um, unfortunately, they're kind of running into a buzzsaw here in Clemson. And you kind of hit the nail on the head when you were talking about them and and, and kind of the leaders that they have. Um, Caden Grice is awesome. Um, and look, Eric Backage is taking Michigan to the brink of a national championship. This guy knows what it takes to win this time of year. And whether you want to say that's cliche or it doesn't actually matter and it's a fairy tale, I think it does. I think there's something to be said about coaches who can put their teams in position to win this time of year. We've talked about that on here before, where it's kind of just, if you don't make the moment too big, your guys won't either. And that takes a, a special type of personality, um, at Tennessee, man, I, we, we said they're dangerous, and they are dangerous. They still are. But they didn't end up putting up the run that I thought they were going to down the stretch. They still haven't gotten their the wheels going like I ever thought they did. And I just think it's too little too late at this time. And I, they're a really good team. If they win it, would I be surprised? No. But I just don't think they can overcome Clemson. But with the arms and the bats that they have, if for some reason that switch flips this weekend, we could be talking about this team in Omaha. It's really hard to make that assumption and prediction when they had one of the best teams we've ever seen in the tournament not be able to do it last year.
1: Yeah, no doubt about that. But as we turn over to the other side of the bracket, Dan – Let's talk about Routine Baseball. Routine Baseball offers a ton of options from shirts, hoodies, shorts, sunglasses, and any other baseball styles you could imagine. You can head to routine.com slash backside ground ball and check out all the different options they have and receive 10% off your order today. That's right. 10% off for all of your clothing needs from Routine Baseball. We're going to be out. We're going to be... Recording some live hits. Dan's going to be rocking his routine baseball stuff. I know that for a matter of fact. So before we head over to the other side of the bracket, want to give love to our sponsors of this podcast. Routine Baseball been a great partnership that we've had, and we want to make sure that when you're getting out, you're watching those games, you're getting live in person, you're rocking your routine baseball gear. So, Dan, we're heading down to Gainesville, Florida, where, you know, true just... That's what America's about is Gainesville, Florida. I can tell you that much as somebody who's driven through Gainesville, Florida. Um, where the Gators are taking on Florida A&M, Texas, a- Texas Tech is coming to town. The Red Raiders and the Yukon Huskies, the national champions in basketball, are going to try to make a run at it for baseball. I'm going to start us off here. Easy one for me, Florida Gators, They're my they're my value bet for the – National championship, I think in terms of talent offensively, I think in terms of talent on the mound, I think they're the only team that can go toe-to-toe depth-wise with the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, who are obviously the national number one. The talent on the mound is absurd. Brandon Sprott throws gas. Kirsten Waldrop's a stud. He's going to be a top 10 pick. And then just happen to have this guy named Jack Caglione who's going to start against Florida AM and m as their number three. So when they roll these guys out of the, out in their starting rotation, there's very few teams that can match that. And my team to watch is the Yukon Huskies. They're going to try to make a run at and win two national championships in the three sports. Paul tomorrow. He's a guy who played at Oswego state up in North, North. North New York. You can't get any more north without crossing over into French-Canadia. Um, he's hitting 423 in limited playing time, but he's been playing around a lot recently, and he's a guy that we played against last year. Absolute stud. Guy can play. He's going to be a guy to look out for, plays great defense, can absolutely fly, hit four home runs in that limited playing time. It's good to see him playing every day. So I'm going with my team to watch as the UConn Huskies, but I'm not going to try to break this down any more than I already did. I think the Florida Gators are the team to beat across this side of the bracket. So I'm going with the Florida Gators, and everybody watch out for my guy, Paul Tomorrow, um, who's a really good baseball player and who I got to see live and in person.
0: Uh, Your Coach Pistol Pete O'Hara bet of the uh, tournament is UConn. He texted that in to me the other day. I promised him that I'd put it out over (laughs) the airwaves. He wants everyone to know that he's riding with UConn to win the regional um he actually claimed that coach hurley was going to be coaching first base in the regional (laughs) that's part of the reason why they're why they're going to win in true pistol pete fashion we appreciate him reaching out good friend of the pod um but yeah they're my team to watch too i really like this yukon team um look texas tech has some really good players um the you know, those top three guys in their order, Gavin Cash has another great name in this regional tournament, uh, has 24 bombs um, and they have some legit dudes. Uh, Florida, you know, shout out to the Florida a and uh, trio at the top of their order and Ty Jackson, Ty Hantry and John McHale, another great name. Um, but yeah, Florida, the university of Florida is arguably the best team in the country. Um, they're right up there with Wake Forest. The, just the talent of some of these dudes like they might have one of the most fun teams to watch just because of those three guys in Langford Rivera and Kaglioatani I mean, those guys are studs uh, and like they're kind of must watch. You know, they're, it's must see TV when any of them are on the field. Um, they're all going to be, you know, big leaguers one day. I, I really believe that. Um, and So I think they just have too much talent for the rest of the regional. You know, UConn, again, a really nice team and, and Texas Tech, really good program as well. But um, it's just a different breed of Florida. And before we move on, can I just get a real quick why Gainesville is like the perfect synopsis of America? What do you mean? You said Gainesville was like the picture perfect.
1: Well, it, it's just like so. The state of Florida um, around the edges is like mm-hmm. really nice, and then anytime okay. you get in the middle, it it's it's really not. Um, so Gainesville. So you're saying Gainesville is, isn't nice. No, it was it was very 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 sarcastic. Okay. <laughs> like outside of that my- campus I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be within 50 miles of that
0: place. <laughs> my brain's not developed enough to pick up on your sarcasm, <laughs> I guess. I thought you were being serious. <laughs>
1: no, it was uh it was a treat to see, let's just put it that way, um, to say the least. So we're going to head Another SEC host, as you said, eight of the national uh, seeds right now are all hosting, and that's the South Carolina Gamecocks. Founders Park is going to be absolutely jumping this weekend, and uh, maybe it's because of where we live, maybe because it's our ties to these universities and our closeness to home, but this is definitely one of the more talked about regionals, at least from what I've been picking up on. I'm not even worried about Central Connecticut State. Um, they've been a good story this year, sitting at 36 and 12. Um, but this is about the other three teams. You have the NC State Wolfpack. They're going to play the Campbell Camels in game one tomorrow during the day, which is probably the most exciting. Uh, two three that is going to kick off tomorrow one of them and then obviously the Gamecocks of South Carolina is a team that we really like um, we saw them live we got to see this lineup hit live Ethan Petri is one of the best players in the country but outside of him you know for an offense that we really loved hit 110 home runs you know it kind of fell off after Messina Wimmer didn't finish the year as strong as he would hope. Gavin Cassis really fell off a cliff outside of the power output that he had. I mean, he had like 16 home runs in, in mid, mid-March, mid it felt like, um, when we were a month into the season, and he's sitting at 19 right now. So this team is heading in the wrong direction. It sounds like Will Sanders is going to pitch out of the pen from what it sounded like, which is interesting because they would like to muse him twice if possible, which I can understand that thought process. Um, but, when you look at the Fighting Camels, man, they're the best offense in the country in terms of scoring, in terms of slugging, in terms of, you know, they have 116 home runs, 129 stolen bases. They're hitting 318 as a team with a 1.007 OPS. They lead the nation in hit by pitches. So, you know, this team is going to get on. They're led by Lawson Harrells, who's hitting 374 with 22 home runs. Jared Belbin's hitting 325 with 19 home runs. Just on the whole it's a really good well-rounded team and where this team really excites me obviously is on the mound Cade Kuehler is going to be a fringe first round pick he throws an invisible fastball 67 inning pitch innings pitch 87 strikeouts him what they've done this year that's been really interesting Ty Cummings and Aaron Rund are both guys that threw a lot during the week they weren't weekend guys for them and you might think well if they don't have their Saturday and Sunday guys line up. These are guys that throw 95 plus with really good stuff. They're probably going to start in a regional or at least offer some long relief options for the fighting camels. Um, But that's where it kind of concerns me for the camels. And then you look at NC state who has three legitimate arms um, in, in you have Matt Willis Willardson, uh, who has a three five four. You have Justin Lawson coming out of the pen pitching some long relief with 48 innings pitched, 63 strikeouts. And then you have Dominic Fritton, who's pitching to a three five nine. Uh, so some starters that are going to make some noise and also a really good lineup. So I think, in terms of the narrative, this one is going to be fun to watch. Um, it's another one that I wouldn't be surprised if the two three is the final, but I got to run with my allegiance here. Um, I'm a, a I'm a future alumni in law. Um, the Fighting Camels are coming out on top. They're going to do a super regional, and NC State is my team to watch. I think they're going to end up in the in the in the final here because we've seen this time and time again. The Wolfpack play good baseball at this time of year. Elliot Avon knows how to get those those boys playing good baseball, but uh, I'm kind of out on South Carolina. The more I digest what this offense has been as of late,
0: yeah. I mean, everything kind of went downhill. We cursed South Carolina a little bit. Ever since we left, things kind of went downhill. I'm not going to, you know, I think you covered this regional really well. Uh, I I got Go Camels baseball fever just like you do. I got them winning this regional. Um, and, and you know, South Carolina definitely disappointed a little bit um, towards the end of the year. They kind of have flamed out here, which is kind of upsetting. And, and you're right. You know, NC State seems to always find themselves in a regional and always find themselves, you know, on the doorstep of a super. So, you know, they're kind of a team to watch. They weren't really consistent this year at all. Um, they had some big ACC wins, but couldn't really ever put it together. But I got uh, Campbell winning it and NC state to watch as well.
1: Another really good regional in the Carolinas here as we head a, a little bit East here uh, is the coastal Carolina Chanteliers are playing host to Ryder. Um, UNCW and Duke Um, this is a really good deep regional here another one where I wouldn't be surprised if either of the two or three seeds come out on top both teams are really good clubs Um, but obviously Coastal Carolina is kind of the one very physical team I like that a lot but Dan you saw this team in person so I'll let you kind of kick off the conversation here
0: yeah, this coastal. I mean, I think I said it when I got back from seeing them. This coastal team is as dangerous as it gets. You know, they're almost as dangerous as that team that won on the run to win a national championship uh, in 2018. Look, you know, Peyton Ellis is kind of their igniter and their fire starter. Guy hit 380 on the year, um, and then they are just filled with dudes who have a ton of juice the rest of the way in the lineup. I mean, Derek Bender. Uh, Caden Bodine, who's a freshman who's just a a stud, he you know, catcher hit 356 on the year with nine bombs. Uh, Bender has 18 homers. Zach Beach, who's who's my favorite player on that team, I mean, just the lefty swing is is unbelievable. Uh, he hit 13 homers. Uh, Nick Lucky's a a really good player, And, and I think Graham Brown has probably the best hit tool out of all of those guys. He struggled a little bit this year. He hit 275, but he hit 14 homers. This place is a bandbox. There's going to be homers left and right. Um, and it's like you said, this is a deep regional because UNC's also got a really good team this year. And then Duke, I mean, we were talking about Duke. We all thought Duke was going to host. They didn't have a great showing in the ACC tournament, which kind of hurt them a little bit when it came to, to getting a bid, but you know, Alex Mooney is is one of the best players in the country um for my money uh 330 with, with eight bombs but then you know Alex Stone and and, and Jay Bashirs are really good ball players too and, and that Duke lineup um can really really swing it and, and on the mound they have a, a you know a handful of guys who um have made starts for him Alex Gow is kind of really the only one he's made their most starts he's 14 on the year but you know they have Andrew Healy has nine starts. Ryan Higgins has nine starts. Jonathan Santucci has seven. Uh, Jason White has eight. Um, a couple guys with three. So, what I like about Duke is that they're kind of, um, they have options on the mound. You know, I don't know if they necessarily have a standout ace because um, Gal, the guy who made 14 starts pitching to a 485, it's not great. It's, you know, he does have two complete games on the year so I kind of like the depth on the mound that they have. Um, and sometimes that's even more important than having one true ace, right? When you get into a double elimination tournament, where you are going to have to play this many games. Having options is extremely important. And I think Duke has that. Um, and then, you know, kind of dive into, to UNC Wilmington, before I make a pick here, you know, Jack room on the offensive side is a guy to watch Trevor Marsh as well. Um, and, and, <clears throat> Zane Taylor on the mound who who's been their guy all year he's 83 innings he only has 56 strikeouts but he's got a 3.25 ERA he's their best arm. You know, I would like to take UNC Wilmington here. I just don't know if they're going to have enough kind of what you saw in the CAA tournament is they didn't really have enough to get over the finish line. Um so for me I think I'm going to take can you tell I really don't know who's going to win this one. I think I'm going to yeah. go with Coastal just because of that offense and the home field, and look, Conway, Conway gets a pretty good environment. Conway You got people up out in the outfield, standing on the uh, in the pavilion, um, really nice stadium. Um, and like I said, it's small and it's a jet stream, and those guys can absolutely bang. Um, Duke's a team to watch here. I don't. It's to me, it's Coastal or Duke in this regional.
1: Yeah, I think that. Again, this regional is tough because if Jonathan Santucci was healthy, he's a guy that pitched against Wake Forest on the Friday and looked really sharp. He looked like he was really turning a corner there. And then his last outing was against Pittsburgh um, where he came out hurt. He had 11 strikeouts in four and a third against Wake Forest. Um, The results didn't line up with the strikeout numbers, but he hasn't pitched since. Um, So obviously you would like to see – a guy of that caliber be healthy. Um, He looked like he was going to have plus stuff throughout the year, and I would assume if he would have stayed healthy, he would have turned those numbers around. Um, But you're right about the depth. Uh, So I'm going to go with Duke as the winner. Um, I really do think that they are the deepest team. I think they're going to be able to bang just enough. 95 home runs this year surprised me for a team that doesn't really have that one guy. Alex Stone is their their leader with – 14, but they have a lot of guys with 10 plus, um, really good offense there. So I think they're going to swing it just enough to, you know, make some noise there. Um, and then the team to watch is UNCW. I think they're a really good club. They beat Northeastern in the CAA tournament, which is very impressive because we're very high on that Northeastern team. So anybody who can win in that tournament is, uh, definitely has my has my eye and, and has my attention there. So Rider's a good story out of Jersey as well. Um, but as we head to Charlottesville, Virginia, where the Cavaliers are going to play host to Army West Point, uh, feel good story, obviously, Service Academy. You want to you see they've been in the tournament every year, it feels like, because they have Four a really good club least, right? up there. Um, yep. The Oklahoma Sooners are going to play the East Carolina pirates. So I'll kind of kick this off here. Virginia is the team to beat Virginia is the winner. Um, they're deep on the mound. They're deep at the, at the dish. Um, so they are the deepest team in here and underdog to watch East Carolina, Oklahoma shouldn't be in. So would I be surprised if Oklahoma wins this regional just because they shouldn't be in and, and, uh, Kansas state head coach put out a statement and was right. I mean, they, Kansas state swept Oklahoma and just because of RPI where Oklahoma at least controls, you know, who's around them. It's a little easier to play um, better teams in Texas than Kansas state has access to, but that's besides the point. We don't need an RPI conversation. East Carolina is my underdog here. Um, Uh, their center fielder, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, is one of my favorite players um, in the country. Um, he has a hyphenated last name, um, so uh, I'm drawing a blank there, but he's Jenkins one of my favorite cohort. players in the country. Jenkins cohort, Um, and he's a stud. He's going to be a, a top pick next year, a uh, really good player. They have a deep lineup. They're deep on the mound as well, so I like this team. I think they're going to push Virginia, um, but I do like the Cavaliers' offense just enough to push them, push them to the top here
0: uh yeah you know I, I i don't think oklahoma should be in either um which is kind of what makes me want to pick him, but i'm not going to i'm a homer so i'm going with east carolina and uh josh moylan big 66 yeah. hit 15 bombs on the year when he gets a hold of the baseball let me tell you something it goes he's got an offensive lineman number um so you just got to respect the crap out of that uh and and you know This is, you're right, though. This is probably Virginia's regional to lose. Um, But the team for me to watch is going to be Army, just because I'm an American and I have respect for our (laughs) servicemen and women. Uh, You know, and and they got a kid. Kevin Dubril, who who hit four eleven on the year, nine bombs. Ross Frederick had hit seventeen. Braden Galinsky had thirteen. Derek Berg had twelve. Sam Ruda had thirteen. You know they they hit seventy four of them. So this offense is going to be pretty fun to watch. And I I really do. All jokes aside, have the ultimate respect for kids who play at the service academies just because of how hard their day-to-day is to also be able to focus on baseball and compete at this high of a level to me is is super impressive. So they're a fun club to watch and like you said, it's always a good story. And and this is like four or five straight regionals they they've been in. So yeah. my team to watch is Army and I I got ECU uh I got ECU actually winning this thing.
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna sit there and and disagree with you on East Carolina. I think their lineup's really good. Um I think they're um, pitching staff's really good as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't for a hiccup there um, going into the conference tournament where they dropped game one and then obviously lost it to Lane in the final, which were two just horrible RPI hits. They probably could have been on in the hosting territory and wouldn't have to go to a Virginia to play. So I'm not going to sit there and fight you on that. As we kind of get to this part of the bracket, I feel like it gets a little bit chalky. Um, Vanderbilt is playing host to Eastern Illinois, Xavier, and Oregon. Obviously, it's. I think that's just kind of a weird mix of a of a regional here. Vanderbilt's coming off the SEC championship. Hunter Owen is the leader on the staff. He had some injuries here, so hopefully he's going to be able to get healthy and make the make the start. He's pitching to a three point one five with seventy two strikeouts in sixty innings. The offense has been better as of late, led by Chris Maldonado, who has seven home runs with a three nineteen average. R.J. Shreck, the transfer from Duke, has thirteen home runs in the three oh nine, and then obviously the names people know of Enrique Bradfield Jr., who has thirty seven stolen bases and actually finally got caught stealing for the first time in his career. Uh, he actually had seven caught stealings, which is a lot for him. He went two years without getting caught. Bullpens deep, you know they're going to pitch it good enough to to keep them in any game. You know they have the talent across the country. They recruit at the highest level, um, so I think this is this is their regional to lose. Um, and I don't really think that. Either any of the teams are going to put much pressure on them. So I'm going to go with Oregon as the underdog to watch. They have 89 home runs and a 300 average as a team Uh, saving. Colabos is hitting 342 with 15 bombs, so he's obviously a, a guy with a sick name to watch. Um, and then pitching-wise, Jay Stofall, he has 10 starts, 57 innings, 56 Ks with a 2.83, so he could beat anybody. But I think this is Vanderbilt's uh, regional to lose, and I think Oregon is the team to watch there.
0: Brutal for Oregon. Yeah. You all the way across the country. Congrats on winning the Pac-12. They won the Pac-12, didn't they? Congrats on winning the Pac-12, guys. You're headed uh, all the way across the country. Um, I know we're tight on time here, so I'll go quick. I know Phoebe's getting tired, Uh, so I got Vanderbilt's going to win this regional, and I I like Xavier. I got Xavier as my, my team to watch.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So we're going to head a little bit out West here to Stillwater, Oklahoma, where the Cowboys are going to be playing host to Oral Roberts, who is a 46 and 11 four seed. So that's going to be a tough game one for the Cowboys there. Uh, The Washington Huskies and Dallas Baptist University are all going to be there. Um, Obviously, Oklahoma State, this offense can flat out, they can bang their park plays to it. 104 home runs, 302 average, led by superstar Rock Riggio, who's hitting 344 with 17 ball bombs. Nolan Schubart has 16 as a redshirt freshman hitting 343. That two headed monster is arguably up there with the Tommy whites and Dylan cruises of the world. That's how good these two are. And it's not like the rest of their lineup doesn't swing it. Great. The pitching staff has some, their fair share of question marks 5.19 as a staff but Jerron Watts-Brown, who's pitching to a 4.5 this year with 117 strikeouts in in 78 innings. Wow, that would be impressive. 117 strikeouts in 17 innings? My goodness. Um, 78 innings. He is a guy whose name is on a lot of draft boards. He's a really talented arm that if he gets hot in that Thatcher herd. Christian Little, these guys that we talked about, that stats wise might not have what it you know looks like as an ace. If he has a good outing, there's no team in the country that can beat him when he's on his best game. So he's a guy who they're going to need. Um, and my team to watch, so they're going to be my winner for this regional. My team to watch is in his first year up there. Coach Jason Kelly's got the the Huskies playing good baseball. I got to show love to a D three guy making the making the leap up there. Um, and pitching to a high level this year, and he's making a name for himself on draft boards, and that's Kiefer Lord. Um, he has a these seventy five strikeouts in seventy two and a third. He's pitching to a five point six, which you'd obviously like to see better, um, but you definitely can get some good stuff out of him. His WHIP is a lot better, so they're my team to watch here, um, and they could definitely make some noise in this regional.
0: Man, this is tough. This is going to be really hard for me to do this because, there, like I said, there's something about Stillwater, Oklahoma at night that I just absolutely love. Oral Roberts is legit. I have Oral Roberts winning this regional. They've won 18 games in a row. They have four guys with 10-plus bombs. They have a 3.66 ERA as a team. They pitch it. They hit the long ball. Everyone knows that's what I think your key ingredients are to win. I worry about the depth of Oklahoma State on the mound. I think Oral Roberts shocks everyone and wins this. Again, it kills me to say it just because there's something about Stillwater, Oklahoma at night, and that atmosphere is going to be awesome. But I think Oral Roberts is going to surprise everyone. They're going to be the kind of the team that that shocks uh, the tournament here a little bit, and they're going to go on a run. This is a team that's hot. This is a team that's feeling themselves, and this is a team that's really, really, really good. Um, and then I, I'm with you. Washington. Washington's playing really good baseball right now, and they're my team to watch. Um, they're pretty exciting, and it would be – this one, I think, is pretty wide open, to be honest with you. It's not a Dallas Baptist team like we were used to. They're not quite as good as, as, as usual, but, you know, any of these four could really win it, but I'm going Oil Roberts and Washington.
1: Love that. Love that. We we love a four seed that could could win a regional here. So um that's gonna be a fun one to watch. You're right. I do think it is it is pretty wide open. And you know, Dallas Baptist, you know, they they do a great job there, so I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they win as well. Um but as we head to the Midwest part of the country in Terra hot that's how, that's what I decided on how to say it. Um, Indiana State is playing host to Wright State, North Carolina Ty- Tar Heels, and the Iowa Hawkeyes. This is one, again, we talked about it a couple times. Would I be shocked if a 2-3 final was the way it unfolded? No, not at all. But we can't ignore what the Sycamores have been able to do. The offense isn't anything special. 274 as a team, 69 home runs. Um, their leading hitter is Adam Pottinger, uh, who has nine home runs with a 300 average, but on the mound, they're led by Lane Miller, who's pitching to a 2.61 who has in 58 innings pitched, um, they don't strike out a ton of guys, but, but their pitching staff on the whole has been very productive, pitching to a 3.80 as a team. So we're not going to sit here and ignore what the Sycamores have done up to this point, uh, 24 and 24-3 in conference play. But I think this is more about the Hawkeyes and the Tar Heels and which one of these teams is going to show up. Brody Breck is obviously one of the most electric pitchers in the country. 101 strikeouts to 70 innings pitched. He has 57 walks in that time. If he throws strikes, he's kind of like Jerron Watts-Brown, where if you get him in the strike zone, you know he's going to be absolutely dominant. The Hawkeyes lost Keaton Anthony, uh, for the gambling probe. Um, at some point through the season, I don't know if he's going to be back. I haven't checked up on my Hawkeye news, uh, so I can't say for certain. But the Tar Heels are my team to pick here. Um, I obviously we're staying local. Vance Honeycutt is arguably the best player in this regional i don't think there's no question about it outside of maybe brody breck there's nobody who's probably going to make as much money as vance honeycutt is next year um struggled this year 257 average but he still hit 20 or 12 home runs. Mac Horvath is a star, uh, 22 home runs, 20 doubles, just a great all around player. And they obviously have some other guys that are hitting in the 300s as well with power. Pitching staff worries me a little bit. Which guys are we going to get? Uh, Jake Knapp is the leader of the staff. He's got 62 innings pitched, 60 strikeouts. Walks are a problem for this staff, but I really do think that talent wise, they have the best collection of the group um, and they're lucky to draw uh, the Indiana state regional, because I think if they had anybody else, I wouldn't be too confident about the Tar Heels making it to, um, the super regional, but the Tar Heels are my winner here. Um, and then we'll go right state for my underdog to watch. That's a pretty good ball club. Um, and they're pretty good historically.
0: Yeah, I'm going right. State as my team to watch too. Um, this is a team that's going to run the bases. They stole over a hundred bags this year. Patrick, uh, Andrew Patrick, sorry. Um, uh, Pretty impressive year. 29 stolen bases and 19 homers. So, he, you know, that's just, you talk about athletic tools. He's a guy. Rice State has a really good baseball program. Look, this regional is interesting, and I, and I hate to be this guy, but it, it kind of feels like a, I don't know. I don't know why Indiana State's hosting over some of these other teams. I know we take RPI into it. You could make the same claim. I don't know why Auburn's hosting. Uh, I, I think part of the issue we've talked about this several times off air, but Campbell not being able to host on campus kind of hurt them. Um, they end up having to go to Columbia, whereas you have an Indiana State team with some of these teams in there uh, in their region. Uh, but I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Wright State as my team to watch as well and. Just to be different, I'll go with Iowa as my champion. I kind of, I'm with you. I think North Carolina is probably the most talented team, the best team. Look out if Vance honeycut gets hot, like there is no ceiling for this team. I don't think um, they they obviously have the talent every year. There's my local bias again showing through, but I'm gonna go Iowa to win with Wright State as my team to watch.
1: Perfect. So as we round out the tournament here. Again, we've flown through the right side of the bracket that's been sponsored by Routine Baseball. That's why we're flying through, because we love ourselves some Routine Baseball, um, making sure we're staying motivated here and focused. Uh, But Arkansas Razorbacks in Fayetteville, Arkansas, are going to play host to a series that name value. If you told me in, let's say, 2021 that this was going to be the series, Um, I would have been fired up. You got TCU, obviously, who's really good. Arizona, who was a was a runner up before Jay Johnson was hired away to Baton Rouge. Um, so both a couple of really good clubs, and then Santa Clara is a really good club. But as it stands right now, the Razorbacks are probably. The best team, I think there's no question that they're the favorite to win this. A lot of talent. They have 82 home runs with 276 average. But when you can run out Hagan Smith, you can run out Holer, Hunter Holland and Will McIntyre. That's pretty much as good as it gets across the country. And obviously, we're very... Um, impressed with what coach Hobbs has been able to do on the mound through injuries that's kind of the biggest thing with this team is they've dealt with a lot of injuries offensively and on the pitching side of things and they've still just continued to roll um, you know they have a lot of guys that have 10-plus home runs. They have three guys in the middle of their lineup. Jared Wagner's a really good ball player. Uh, he's got 13 on the year in limited playing time. He's only started 38 games, so that's a that's something special. And then Peyton Stovall's a guy who I really like who got hurt recently. Um, it doesn't seem like he's going to be playing. But, again, I think this is their their – theirs to lose. I want to shine light on Chase Davis. He's the best player in this regional. No questions asked. 369 on the year. 21 home runs. He looks like Carlos Gonzalez back in the Rockies days. Um, Beautiful left-handed swing. So if you're tuning into any of these games, because Arkansas Fayetteville is going to be rocking. Definitely lock into his at-bats. But Santa Clara is my team to watch here. Offensively, 72 home runs. 300 average flat. Um, So you know they're going to swing it pretty well pitching wise, nothing too special, but you know a couple guys who've been really good. Skylar Hales, fifty one innings pitched, two point eight one ERA with eleven point two K per nine, so he could go out there. He's got sixty four punch outs on the year. He could beat anybody. So they're going to be my team to watch because I think that the middle two teams, obviously TCU's had their highs and lows, and obviously since Coach Schnagel's left, um, not exactly the same factory that they were and arizona's got chase davis who's a lot of fun and they swing it pretty well with 93 home runs and a 320 average but i worry about that pitching staff a lot
0: yeah you literally took every like you just took the words right out of my mouth with about everything you said uh every people who knew me in high school knew that carlos gonzalez was one of my favorite baseball players and chase davis is his clone offensively um, so I love Chase Davis. He's my favorite player in this regional for sure. I got Arkansas winning the regional, and I got Santa Clara as my team to watch. Look, Santa Clara has two arms on the mound who have punched out 64 innings, one in, in or 64 guys, um, one in 46 innings, and one in 54 innings. So, But they can pitch it. They got enough offensive juice to at least be interesting and keep it entertaining. But I think Arkansas has got a shot to go all the way uh, this year, and I think they'd probably be a good value um, bet to play to win the whole thing. Uh, They're deep on the mound. They're deep offensively. Uh, This is a really, really good baseball team. And and Coach Van Horn knows how to um, coach at this time of year, like so many of these other guys um, from these big programs who are just in it year after year after year. And to me, that means something.
1: No doubt, no doubt. So obviously that was a ton. Um, I know we got a little long-winded there on the first half, so we settled in here. um, And on the back half, took a little bit of the accelerated route. So if you're listening to this on Friday morning, uh, hopefully you're getting as much information um, before the regional start. We're going to make sure we get this out on social media as early as possible. So anybody who's interested on our thoughts on on a couple winners and, and definitely how our bracket unfolds and, and we'll debrief it next week but Dan any closing thoughts before we get out of here
0: No man this tournament's really fun and, and and watching college baseball with this much on the line it's it's a blast and I can't wait to see you know what team surprises us and what guys kind of rise to the occasion
1: No doubt no doubt I'm I'm super excited squeeze play is going to be on the TV we're going to be dialed in for everything and Dan you don't you don't want to share the news with our listeners that you have for them
0: I, I I wish I knew where you were going with this. That our this listeners should read?
1: you should know uh, you our listeners should know that this is going to be your last episode as you're replacing Shannon Sharp on Undisputed with Skip Bayless.
0: <laughs> yeah, you could. They they'd really have to pay me well to get me to do that. I don't. I saw a clip on today on this episode's going too long, but I saw a clip on social media today that was like Shan, uh, Skip Bayless is going to replace Shannon Sharp. And it's gonna be skip with skip. And it was literally a cut of skip. I guess two different episodes of him arguing with himself about Aaron Rodgers, and it was like perfectly yeah. synced up. It was the most incredible video I've ever seen. Like if you want to know how full of crap Skip Bayless is, like that video is for you. Like he doesn't believe a word that comes out of his mouth. He's a purely an entertainer, which respect because he's fantastic on it. But like the fact that that's what dominates sports news is like such a joke. So, no, I will not be... Ski up. Well,
1: until Dan wants to reveal that that's actually happening, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. But thank you to all our listeners for tuning in as that will conclude our episode for today. Make sure you're subscribing to the podcast on all platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find your podcast. We post episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, always hitting your feed at 7 a.m. sharp. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at BacksideGB, Instagram at BacksideGroundBalls, and TikTok at BacksideGroundBall. And most importantly, make sure you're sharing with five friends. Enjoy the college baseball this weekend. It's always fun to to be able to watch all these games and all these high-energy atmospheres. But until next time, we'll see you guys on the next episode.
0: Great news. Major League Baseball is back. The college baseball season continues to electrify with the help of our friends over at SeatGeek, we can get you out to whatever game you want to see. All you need to do is head over to SeatGeek, find your game you want to go to, and enter promo code BACKSIDEGROUNDBALL to get $20 off your first purchase. Maybe you want to go see some NBA or NHL playoffs. I don't know. Maybe you want to go to a concert with the weather warming up throughout the country. No matter what event you're looking to go to, our friends at SeatGeek can hook you up with the best deals. Great seats at an affordable price. You can't beat it. Make sure to enter promo code backside ground ball for $20 off. That's seatgeek.com, promo code backside ground ball.